On today's episode, we talk to Julietta Gismondi and Luann Harris, two women who have done some amazing things on paddle boards, including paddling from New York to Miami. These girls have some incredible stories, and this conversation was just pure fun. I hope everyone enjoys it as much as we did as we talk about all their adventures. It's official. It's official. Welcome to the Wicked Aloha podcast. Today we are talking with the Atlantic Supper Girls, or Super Girls, however you want to say it. Juliet Gismondi and Luann Harris. In 2015, they paddled from New York City to Miami, Florida uh, over the course of a few months. And today, Patrick and I get the pleasure of sitting down and chatting with them. So welcome to the Wicked Aloha podcast. Thank you. Thank you. We're excited to be here. Yeah. So, uh, I guess background on either of you guys, Julieta. What's uh, you're from Argentina, right? Yep, I'm from Argentina. And, uh, and how long you been in the states, and what are you doing now, and what have you been doing since you got here? They they thought we were smoking, it but it's steam from my tea. They thought I had a cigarette. Oh my god, <laughs> that's funny. That is funny. So where cool. are you guys right now? We're in the West Village, uh, in a coffee shop. And that, <laughs> explains, and that explains our interruption. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Moved to New York when I was uh, 19 and started working at the kayak company, Manhattan Kayak, um, and worked there for 13 years. Got really into kayaking and paddleboarding on the Hudson and then eventually traveled all of my travels became kind of water-centered. And um, and then I moved to California two and a half years ago where I now manage another kayak place, Sea Trek, in San Felito in the Bay Area. And it kind of amplified my water life in many levels. But um, New York is still very much home. And I love paddling here, even though it's not as pretty or... It's the people. The, the, the New Yorkers is why I miss home. Not nice. so much York, you know, New York, no. Um, so, yeah, that's briefly my story. I'm cool. here. And Luann, what about you? I grew up in Alaska. I moved to New York for school. Went to school for musical theater. Uh, and then started working at the kayak company at MKC where I met Jules and started, you know, just realized the potential of everything and started doing uh, events and paddling all over the place. And we decided we wanted to do a trip. And so we, you know, we did it. We <laughs> decided we were going to do the coast and wound up doing it a year earlier than we had planned because we just got tired during the summer uh, and decided we just kind of wanted to go and then yeah yeah just try to paddle as much as possible as many places as possible where are you from in alaska palmer 
It's about 50 miles north of Anchorage in the, in the Matanuska Valley. That's oh, wow. Cool. Basis reference. Nice. Yeah, it's beautiful. You ever go back? Sorry. Uh, I I do. I I try to get back uh, once a year. Um, most I mean I try to get back in the summer because that's when all the really good stuff happens. So get back when I can. Nice. I noticed that you guys are outside right now. Yeah. Um, we're I, in I, we're in an entryway. Yeah, because it's quieter here. Because. I, I could just see one of your breath. <laughs> so. It's a little chilly. It's a little chilly, but it's not too bad. It's good. No. It's, it's, starting to sn- it's starting to snow here, actually. It's not last night here, but it didn't stick in the city, but up yeah. by my house, it did. So, um. so your story is a lot like the story that Mike and I had uh, when we decided to paddle the East Coast in 2011 where we were both working at a kayak shop and then it just, it's like, well, let's go on a big trip. And, uh, it was, it was Mike's idea and I just went along with it. So, um, leading up to that trip, what were kind of some thoughts that were going through your head? How were you preparing for it? Were you training for it? Um, kind of what was, what was going on in your lives as, as you, as we were leading up to the, the exit date, the departure date. We looked a lot of at Google Maps to just plan route and hmm, know where we could get off the water, who were the people we could call if something happened. So we had a list by state of all the marinas, all the paddling shacks along the way. Um, hotels in the water like we, it, it took a minute to do some research on what was on the waterfront both yeah. on the open and on the intercoastal yeah and um so that part of the logistics was just tedious because we were literally using google maps for that and just spotting either beaches or googling uh, paddle sports outfitters mm-hmm. marinas all that stuff and then um we didn't really try. I mean, we were paddling a lot because it was the summer. So we were already paddling as much as we could between work and play. Um, right. So it's not, it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of training specific to the trip that happened. We also didn't even load the boards until <laughs> the day we left. <laughs> we improvised a lot along the way. Like we, you know, the first few days we realized we were carrying things that we weren't going to use. Um, so we got rid of a lot of stuff in New Jersey, um, figured out how to load the boards a little better, like the configuration of everything we had. Because we also had food for 20 days with us. Um, we had a shit ton amount of water that we you know, never needed, but just in case. Um, and then clothes and, you know, like all that stuff and we ended up reconfiguring pretty much everything. I think it took us about so many two times weeks to figure out where to put what and what would be like the fastest to unpack when we got to campgrounds, the fastest to pack back up to get ready to go. Um, it took us about, I guess, yeah, a two weeks to figure all that out because we had never done a long trip before and we were familiar with nothing when we left. 
<laughs> the only thing that we knew very well was the Hudson River up until the top of the, the Verrazano Bridge. And then whatever came after that, we had no ocean experience, like barely, very minimal ocean experience. Like none of us surfed. Like it was just, um, you know, we needed to go. We were we were mentally ready to leave regardless of the adventure that we had ahead. <laughs> what we needed was not to be in New York for a few months. That's what fueled. Um, you know, there were there were a lot of like personal life stuff that happened that kind of led to the need to get out of New York and not be here. So it was just, um, yeah, it was like the the fruit or the solution to a lot of emotional things that were going on and life things, and we decided to deal with them by leaving. Yeah, and I, we had, as far as planning and everything goes, we um, we had the Delorme, which is now Garmin, but at that time it was still Delorme, the InReach Explorer, and so they have the whole map tracking route situation going on, and Jules had used that for the Long Island trip when she went around, and so she was familiar with that, so we jumped on board with that, and we were sure, we're like, okay, we can do 20, 20 miles a day. 20, 20 we're miles. like 20 miles a day. And so we went through the entire coast and plotted out our days. It's like in 20 mile in 20 mile increments. <laughs> and then had options for the coastal side and the bay side. And it fell apart on day one. We just did it. <laughs> so this is not gonna work. So that all that work, all that time we've been putting all of that into it, we realized really quick it's like, okay, well that was pointless but it's like it wasn't wasn't pointless but it wasn't the specificity with which we went into it right was excessive so we you know realized that kind of so we modified and we realized that you know we really just had to play it by ear and thankfully because of all the other stuff we went through we knew our options as we were going down which really was the more important preparation of like you know, at the end of the day, you find out where you are and then you look at what your options are for the next day. Um, and then, I mean, like I said, we had initially planned to do the trip the following year. Right. And then in like July, July we're standing in the office at MKC and Jules is behind the counter and it just gets instinct. It gets crazy at the boathouse. <laughs> it's a, a mess. It's it's. It's intense. It's moderately it's controlled it's chaos. It's a lot. So we're standing there and we just happened to like have the office to ourselves for a second. And Jules is just at the computer like, it's like, can we just, let's just go. Can we just go? <laughs> but it's like our conversations when we're planning things go like that. Someone says something and then the other one says, okay. And then the decision's made. So yeah. we went from having a year to plan this trip to having four months. Three, yeah, yeah, three, three and a half. Because we also planned it. Luann had a wedding, yeah, and something else. No, you had a wedding, I had an event. I had a couple you had a wedding, so we decided to do it like right after that. Literally, it was that weekend, and then we left on Monday, yeah. We left on, yeah, October 12th. So we We practically make all decisions that in, that you know that involve the two of us yeah it's a yes or a no and it's 
fully committed. Like there's no wiggle room for no. It's and it's pretty um, immediate. Yeah, it's not a lot of negotiating that happens. No. <laughs> and we may or may not be qualified for the venture that we set out to do, but it seems to work. <laughs> so, yeah. We've been lucky. We have been we have been lucky. Yeah, we have we have, you know, zero I mean I guess we are skilled to some yeah. degree, but I I feel like I mean, we got married for a reason. Yeah. Right. Um but we I didn't have a frame, we didn't have a frame of reference to make us think that we were capable. Does that make sense? Like we didn't have a previous accomplishment that's like, no, oh, yeah, totally. This is within reason. This we're is like, totally doable. We're like, right. let's let's happen. And Jules had she had a healthy amount of skepticism about whether or not we would actually make it. <laughs> All of it, basically. I did not. I was like, whatever. Of course, we're gonna make it. Because for me, it was like, I'm not thinking, Jules is thinking about the whole trip. She's like, it's so far, so many things can go wrong. It's a crazy endeavor. And I'm like, well, we just have to get to the end of the day. And then I know that no matter what happens, like between the two of us, we can get to the end of the day. And then tomorrow, we, we just get have to, to the get end of the day. Exactly. So for me, it's just, it was much smaller pieces. Yeah. I started the day thinking about next week and next exactly. month. Exactly. Like everything else that could. But, it, I mean, it turned out to be a good balance of yeah, things because I'm exactly. always thinking ahead and I know where we're going to be sleeping the next few days or I have an idea. And Lou just worries about, like, the immediacy of the things happening today. Yeah. So it, was it balanced out right now. Right. I would I argue that like you guys you know. did have more experience than you thought because paddling around New York and in that general area on the Hudson is nothing to shake a fist at. That's... That's some real stuff um, in terms of in terms of maritime traffic, in terms of um, the the conditions that that can be there. I mean, that's I've, I've paddled there a, a bunch of times, and it can get pretty rough there. So if you can handle downtown yeah. New York on a paddleboard, you can handle pretty much anything. <laughs> And, and how many trips have probably never been done because people psych themselves out ahead of time, right? I mean, yeah. half, half the battle is just starting. So I think sometimes just, just jumping in and going, it's like, fuck it. Whatever happens, happens, you know? And you make you, you figure it out as you go. Yeah, that was pretty much our attitude. <laughs> <laughs> how bad we been? I mean, we did figure Every it out. Every time we had a question about, like, should we, you know, do this, whatever, should we shouldn't we do this or whatever the answer we probably came to the most amount of times was we might as well because we were already there we were already going you know forward we were already like there's there was just um like a weight of things that you couldn't just put down and walk away it was you had to carry it through the air sort of thing Mm -hmm. What what made you guys choose to go north to south? We live in New York, so it was easy. That, that <laughs> and Jules's mom has an apartment in Miami, and so we're like, well, we'll just leave for the photos and we'll go to the apartment. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were looking at other options, like going, you know, maybe on the west coast. I can't even remember now what other options we consider, but logistically. It was going to be always the easiest to just leave from the boathouse, 
Yep. And then get to somewhere where we could like East also easy logistics. So that's why we pick Miami because my mom has a place there. Right. <laughs> well, water, we literally paddled up to we, the dock. Yeah, exactly. so we paddled up to the apartment. Wow. Well, I, I remember when Mike and I did our trip, we didn't have a ride to get our boards to Florida until I think two, maybe three weeks before we were supposed to leave. We had no clue how we were getting two giant paddle boards to Florida. And we didn't want to ship them because yeah. that would have been really expensive and, and uh, a, a big risk. So we had to convince someone to drive us down. Oh, man. <laughs> so, what, did, what did you guys what did you guys use for boards we used two 12 6 by 30 we used the big wings oh no way <laughs> so wow. Wow. it was only the boards that we had they were already at the boathouse ready to go and wow. you were carrying 20 days of food yeah yeah which so wound being a lot more because yeah. we had the freeze-dried food and we wound up not going through it nearly as fast as we thought we did so we yeah. had all these resupplies planned and we wound up only needing one resupply so yeah. those what we planned for for food for lasting only that long less than the full two months yeah like because we would you... also have the grocery stores and get fresh stuff along the way it wasn't just the freeze-dried so we supplemented well what did you guys paddle will 17 sixes or something 17 sixes by 29 and a half or something like that. I, I can't imagine putting that much stuff on a 12.6. I, I remember the guys at the Yukon race and their paddle boards and the yeah. amount of gear they put on for seven days and Patrick and I looking at them like, is this, is this for real? Like, are these guys going to, make it past day one because Dude, it, it wasn't just us it, did. yeah it wasn't just us remember the dutch guys were looking at them and speaking in dutch and they were just like if you had google translate it would have been look at these dudes man they're not going to make it past the first day <laughs> but so, they did and they crushed it it was so crazy good on you for paddling a 12.6 that's yeah that's next level it was, it was, yeah. it was what we had if we would have had fourteens or on the like, what? Yeah. I mean, we would have done, you know, better. Same thing. But yeah. We, it's what we had, and we're, yeah. Uh, and they could take a beating, so. Those boards can take a beating. We dragged those things in Virginia over the oyster bed. Oh like, my god! It like, was yeah, like they were. Yeah. Late. yeah. Yeah. Those those are the Ace Tech ones, the plastic, right? Yes. Oh, yeah. You can run those things over with a truck. Oh my gosh, <laughs> they are unbreakable. Still got them? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We still have them. So yep. in Florida, we actually had to have a two or three day lay period because we were repairing both our boards. Uh, I had. I had hit the nose of my board on something, so that was kind of crunched. And Mike had run over oysters, and so there was a slice in the bottom of his board, and it it caused us a delay because we had to get it fixed, or else we were, you know, yeah. just taking on water. We so. fixed the nose of our boards once, 
and on the Outer Banks. But that was just from normal wear and tear, just constantly landing on beaches, yeah. you know, general wear and you know, yeah. running into things. But um, yeah, just one repair. That was yeah. the only thing we had there to do. There was this one time we were somewhere in North Carolina, and my yours or my one of our boys started hissing like there was yours. <laughs> So I was driving and I could fucking hear it and I couldn't figure out what it was. And then I lay down on the board and I find the bubbles and I called Mike. And I was like, Mike, my board is hissing and I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know. Am I sinking? Like, what is going on right now? And he 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 actually pointed out, he Googled where we were. He was so helpful. Like the entire time, Mike Sinsen was like, of our little guardian angel. He, wow. he knew where we were. He found like a repair shop. He found out like what, if they had what we needed to repair it. And then we ended up fixing, fixing it a little later because we didn't yeah, stop we in wound up town. Just, no, we just went to its search we went shop to, and yeah. got a little repair kit. Yeah. And made it work. But That's it was awesome. I mean, I would call Mike for everything. For literally for everything. Everything. Like it was storm, like whatever <laughs> doubt I had in my mind, I would hit up Mike Simpson. <laughs> should we go or should we stay? <laughs> he is definitely a good guardian angel to have. So bad. Sure. It's a yeah. shame you couldn't get join us today, but we'll have to do another one uh, sometime with just you guys talking about this paddle. Huh? I mean, get him involved somehow. It's just awesome. Yeah, it would be really fun. So where was that place, Will? You was it the Chesapeake Bay where you guys hit a really kind of a bad patch? Uh, uh, yeah, we we had some issues crossing the Chesapeake. Yes, it, it was. Uh, it took two attempts um, because of wind mm. and, sea, and sea conditions. Did you guys have any sketchy days? Oh man, uh, we. No, I but mean, what was like? Yeah, the, what was like the peak days. sketchy day? Um, probably in Georgia. Yeah, Georgia. Oh my God, Georgia. So we were on Little Tiny, and we got stuck there for God, what five days? Like, yeah, yeah it was insane. Just because it was just wind and wind, it was crazy nor'easter coming through, and we just got completely, we just got stir crazy. And so the wind turned one day, and we're like, okay, it's like gusting twenty five out of the north, and so we're like, okay, well at least it would kind of be at our back. And we're launching from a bay, and when we get, we launch from a bay, we get around the corner, and it's immediately apparent that we should not be there. Like, the surf is, like, four to six. Whoa. And, yeah, it was nuts, consistent, with this crazy wind. And so we're going, and we're like, we need to get off the water right now. Um, so we it went three miles. Soggy. You couldn't see. It was just. It was just getting really stormy. It, yeah. was, it felt like it was getting worse and worse and worse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we literally, we were on Tybee. We literally went from Tybee to Little Tybee, just the next island down. And we got back to the beach, got annihilated on that beach. It's a minor miracle that we did not just get broken in half by these, like, million-pound boards that are just being thrown <laughs> at us as we get launched onto the beach. And um, oh, my God. oh, it's yeah. I was and, so happy when we landed. I mean, we got trash. We're not happy to be on the beach again. It was like, oh my God, I'm so glad we're not out there. It was horrible. <laughs> I yeah. thought, I thought I actually made it to the beach. 
so close. And I there's a there's footage of this on the GoPro somewhere. But um, I actually so you know at that point you're getting to the beach and you're just like taking deep breaths. You're like, okay, you just got to get to the beach. Okay. <laughs> so it's like you know the waves are coming up behind. You like throw the brakes on so they pass. I mean whatever. Well, I get to the beach and I'm like, I have this moment of like, how the fuck did I make it here? And then all of a sudden the water disappears out from the front of my board and the nose goes into the sand, wave comes, picks up the back of my board, it just tosses everything onto the beach. And I'm just like, right at the last minute is where my paddle was gone. Oh, we're like, looking for your Yeah, jewels or whatever. Like they're further up. I got pushed further down. I'm literally dragged the board up, and I'm like panicking. I'm like, oh, the paddle, whatever. I'm like standing in the surf, like just looking around. Like <laughs> finally, Jules comes over, and she, you know, I had seen it. Yeah, there I was. Seen it. it was further Somewhere. down the beach. It looked like a stick, but I was like, oh, that might be it. But I didn't want to go check if that was it, just in case he was like where I was and it was in the surf. I didn't want to lose it. So she came over and then she went and it was it. But oh my God. Yeah, that was probably our stupidest decision as well as the sketchiest condition. <laughs> no, was Charleston. Charleston. Oh, no, what were you going to say? When I swam with the, the dry suit on. I was like, hold my board up. Sounds like a good day. Meanwhile, I'm taking the to have plenty of time to hook her 
she had just got back on the damn thing or something. Wow. The most absurd, ridiculous oh, thing. There was a fisherman on the jetty. <laughs> he kept asking me if I was okay because I was clear. I mean, I was swimming and I was laughing so hard. I was swallowing water. And he kept asking me if I was okay. And I was like, yeah, I'm totally fine. She kept asking me like a water balloon. <laughs> <laughs> I look like a clown. I climb out of the water and I'm standing up, and the whole dry dish. Meanwhile, I'm on the beach waiting. I'm just like standing there, got all the gear up. Oh my god, oh, it was so good. It was amazing. Oh, it was really amazing. It was so good. Yeah. Wait, was- if it was hot, why were you wearing a dry suit? Because we had Because we left in October and it was going to get cold. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's fall. Dang. That could have gone. That could have gone really south. But I guess you were close to the beach. Yeah. yeah. I was literally 15 feet away from shore. Yeah. No, it was. Yeah, we were super, super close. (laughs) She's like paddling. She's swimming a parachute. It was so oh, dumb. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. It was ridiculous. Oh lord. We did a lot of stupid shit like that. I mean, yeah, there were some questions. And then we, you know, and then we told everybody about it because they're funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're just really funny. And then, you know, somehow to some to some people that don't know us, it completely discredited our <laughs> <laughs> you know, who would do that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they don't. They don't so know who I am, am or who I am or whatever. They don't know that we're removing people who are actually getting to Florida if this is what's happening in New Jersey. Yeah. Did you guys have a lot of people doubt you? Um, I mean, when you told them that what what you were trying to do and either before you left or during your trip i mean some i mean i don't know if anyone like really outright doubted yeah but some people were kind of like i mean really i mean okay i mean if they did doubt they didn't tell us to our face yeah <laughs> yeah there, there is that whole subsect of the paddling community that are like the crazy safety patrol people and like every time there's a drowning all of a sudden like the whole leash thing comes out i mean i'm all for safety but i think common sense plays a bigger factor i think a lot of the people that you know the unfortunate accidents that happen a lot of it is probably user error and a, a pfd wouldn't have saved him anyway but it's amazing yeah. how that that happens and all of a sudden it becomes this big soapbox to to preach and I was like, you guys were being careless, but you had an epic adventure and you survived, so that's all that matters. Yeah, totally. And I mean, even we were wearing life jackets, though. Like we were. Yeah. yeah. It's not like she was. Jules wasn't gonna think. Like she would have floated just slowly down the beach. You <laughs> like So wait a minute. Was your life jacket on under or over the the uh, dry over, suit? Over. Over. Oh. Mm. Yeah. Even harder to drain. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Even 
we, I mean, we made some questionable decisions as far as like conditions and stuff like that. But no matter what those questionable decisions may have been, we were all always right. fully prepared right. for yeah the safety, like wounds and leash, not the PFD. Like we were prepared to go out, and while we knew we were going to be sketchy conditions, we just they were sometimes more so. Yeah. Then you know. And right now that day wouldn't have been that much. No. Yeah. It, it was it was also the the lack of experience. We didn't mm -hmm. have a lot of ocean like open ocean experience back then. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was it was um we were gonna learn along the way. We weren't gonna go spend a lot of time on the ocean for the trip. The trip yeah. was gonna just yeah. whatever we needed to know for the trip. And we also did have enough of an experience base, and we're both level-headed enough and like intelligent, rational human beings to where when you have that situation, you know, you are able to look at it and learn from it and be like, <laughs> like one, like that was really stupid. It was like it was so, or like that was so ridiculous. Like oh my gosh, but like not just like oh my god, I survived, and then it's just a right. moment. And right. then you move on, and like, no, it's like you are able to look at it like as it is, learn from it, and then, you know, laugh at it and move on. It yeah. was really, it was hilarious. Yeah, it becomes, it becomes part of the skill acquisition. You're a better paddler now because you went on that trip. Oh, better paddlers. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And it puts things into perspective. I mean, just such a huge just change of just a viewpoint, you know? It's like literally no matter all the different kinds of conditions, all the different places, the people, like all the different variables um, just come into play. It was like, okay, well, that was a shitty day. Like whether it was, you know, the decision-making or just because it was a shitty day, but you know, it's not the worst day we've had so far, and it you know, probably won't be the worst one that we have. And you know, you just have this broader perspective to to work from, mm -hmm. you know, to, to help you get through all of these things. Yep. Very cool. Yeah. How long overall was the trip? Four months exactly. We left February twelfth. We landed October twelfth. Oh. October to February. <laughs> Dates were correct, just in the just looking around, looking around. Yeah, you October guys, to February. You used a lot more miles and a lot less time. So our trip was exactly four months as well, or it was really? exactly it was exactly 120 days. But we we went we went Key West to Portland, Maine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went we went south to north. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that was a better decision or not. But um, people have people have gone both. They've gone both yeah. ways. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. you guys had faster boards. We had faster boards. Just, just <laughs> we had faster boards. We were getting far less food, I think. Um, so so there was no training involved in that. You guys just went for it, which is pretty cool. Well, training in the sense of like hitting the gym and running and putting in miles and all that. You just went for it and trained along the way. I mean, we figured we yeah. were going to be paddling every day, so. Yeah, right, right. Just start slow and work up to it. 
Yeah, that's pretty mm-hmm. much what we did. The days were getting shorter and they got longer again. Yeah, yeah. The temperatures were always kind of you know on the cooler side. We were on, we were pretty much in our wetsuits for all of the time. In our dry suits, I mean. Yeah, we left them. It was we left them in Tybee and got them back. No, we got them back in Tybee. We left them in Charleston. We left them in Charleston at Christmas. Because we're like, oh, like it was getting warm. It was unseasonably warm until New Year's. And then it became unseasonably cold. Really? And we had snow in Florida. Florida. Like 20 degree things, like days in Florida. So, yeah, we had, until we got to mid Florida, we were in our dry season. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah, it was horrible. We're like, we're going snow, that'll get warm. So when uh, I didn't even hear about this Mississippi paddle until I was at Chattajack, how, how and when did that thing start? Sounds like the same uh, way. Kind of. Uh, well, I knew I wanted to do another trip. And I knew I wanted to try this whole trip. Um, and yeah, I mean, I didn't really have the Mississippi as like a thing, like that was like I want to do the Mississippi River someday. It was just a body of water, and we had we had talked about doing when we did the coast, like doing the loop, you know, doing it in pieces, and the so being... the Great Loop, so Mississippi River across Florida, East Coast, the Great Lake, um. So, it, I mean, it had been discussed at some point. It was just kind of in the back of my mind, and I know people that have done it. That is um, a thing. Huh? That is a thing, the loop? The great loop. The great loop. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, no way. That's yeah. a thing. Definitely a thing. So, so how, does the, how does the northern route work? You go across the – so the Great Lake, it connects – I don't know exactly how it connects into the Mississippi. But but the, so you connect from the Atlantic through the Hudson and not go up into the lakes? Is that how it works? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Mm-hmm. You can also go to the St. Lawrence Seaway, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So anyway, you were saying, sorry, that's that's incredible. I never even knew that existed. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Um, but so it was just in the back of my mind. And from a planning standpoint, like a logistics standpoint, it's really user friendly. Like navigation is pretty simple. You just, you know, it's hard to get lost. Go downriver. Yeah, exactly. Just follow the current. And, I mean, there's a whole network of people along the way that are set up to help. There's river angels, and, like, their charts are really easy. And so I figured, like, it's a first big – I mean, it's long, but I don't mind the length of it. I don't mind being gone for months at a time. I kind of like it. Um, But uh, as far as, like, a planning and everything standpoint, it was as a first, like, solo trip, like, it was – pretty friendly, you know, kind of easy way to just jump in. It wasn't this crazy, you know, it was a nice kind of like half like baby step into solo trip. So I thought, yeah. And how long did that take? Just shy of three months. Uh, what was the distance? Uh, about 2,400. Damn. Yeah. So it was about a thousand, well, about 900 miles longer than the coast. And it took me a month less. But I had yeah. current. You're current. I'm current. <laughs> Healthy. Do 
Jules, and Jules, did you just jump in at the end, or did you do other parts of it as well? Wait, what? Uh, Jules, did you jump in just at the end, or did you do other parts of it yeah, as well? Right after Chattajack. So she came over to Chattajack, and then we got a ride back to where she had left off. And then I, we kind of crammed to finish it before I had to fly back home yeah. the following Tuesday. Wow. I had planned my start time. Jules did not remember this conversation we had initially. <laughs> But we had talked when I was talking about doing it. We had talked about like, oh, it would be so cool because it was never an option whether or not she was going to come out and join me for some Right, we just didn't know when. when. So we had talked about how it would be cool and it would be easy if you know I just plan it to where like to a week out, go Chadjack, and she could just come back with me and do the last week with me. So I just planned it that way. She completely forgot about that conversation <laughs> and started talking about joining in all these other parts of the river, and I'm like. I mean, okay, but then it just wound up winding back to that original way anyway. Yeah, I was like, well, that was the it worked. <laughs> it worked out. Yeah. Did you feel more prepared for the Mississippi, having already gone through doing the East Coast, and like, what, what, what did you do differently to prepare for the Mississippi? I brought less clothes, and I had a better board. <laughs> Is <laughs> that like a 13 footer on this one? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which, um, but no, I felt 100% more prepared. Yeah. I, I knew how to load the board. I knew kind of what I needed, what I didn't, like the gear. It's like, it was such, you know, the coast was such a wonderful, you know, just learning experience and like just it, Base and then you just modify it according to the conditions that you know you know you're gonna have the variables, but the foundation is the same. Right. Cool. Sketches, sketches moment of not trip. Um. Uh, probably. Um. There was so all the locks and dams and everything. Uh, they they don't let you lock through if you're on a paddleboard because you're not contained. I feel a certain way about this regulation, but um, uh, so I would have to go around, but they don't provide any portage paths or anything because they're not meant to be portage. So um, there's a couple of the locks and dams that rather than having a full dike on the other side, they just have a little concrete spillway. Mm -hmm. um, and the dam crews had told me like well if the river's high enough um it's really simple it's like you probably just scooch right over the spillway you don't have to worry about portaging and so, some of the spillways that i had portaged over previously like there was no like water level change like it was really i essentially just unloaded walked across and, and reloaded so it was really simple so it, i mean that made sense to me there's no like drop or anything well of course the one that I decide to actually go over, there's a huge drop. And it essentially just turns into, I mean, it was a low head dam, essentially. Um, but like just a little minor one, thankfully, because the water wasn't that high. There was literally only enough for me to scooch over. Um, but it's just another example of how local knowledge is not always, you know, the best advice to take. But um uh, so I went over I, to the side of the spillway 
and you're going just so fast at that point. I mean, there's nothing you can do. Like once it's there, it's there. As I was pulling up to it, I saw that there was a drop. So I was like, <laughs> so I sat down, I put my feet out. Um, and I just, you know, I saw that there was like circulation at the bottom. So I was like, but I also saw like there wasn't, it wasn't a huge amount, you know, I was like, okay, I can pal through this. Um, I just have to be stable and ready to hammer it. So I sat down. Um, and as I went over, my fins scraped, so it was oh. shallow. So my fins scraped along the concrete, and I hit the bottom, and it immediately turns me broadside back onto the spillway. But thankfully, because it was so shallow, I just literally just pushed off it with my foot where I was straight again and, and paddled out of it. But it was, I was so done after that. I was going to go for a few more miles, but I got through that, I'm like, it. It's over. I'm getting off the water. This is stupid. I'm like, this is the worst thing ever. Um, but that was that was hundred percent the the sketchiest. <laughs> isn't there some isn't there some statistic that those spillways are like the number one killer on rivers with for paddlers and swimmers? Well, yeah, 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 hundred percent. Yeah, there's just like a big hole there, right? And it just turns you mm -hmm. around until you run out of air. Yeah, wow. exactly. So, nice. but because the ones that I had hit initially, there wasn't a drop. Like it was literally just up and over. The water level was the same yeah. on the yep. It just happened that this was the one where there was and it was it was not high enough to have a prevailing current all the way through. Like it was low enough to where it didn't have that circulation, but not enough to where it just carried through. Yeah. It was just unfortunate. And I never listened to uh damn cruise ever again. <laughs> I mean, because it's true, you know, people like locals along the way, and we had, I mean, this is a lesson that I learned before we learned it on the, on the coast and stuff like that. It's just in general, it's like people will always give you advice along the way, and, but you also have to take into account their experience base that this advice is coming from, you know? So right, right. at the end of the day, if you decide that something is the best course of action there's probably a reason why you made that choice and at a certain point you just have to trust yourself and your own experience because most people are not paddlers exactly right even right. if they're sailors they don't sailors are on the water it's not the same different same experience I don't know what to do <laughs> So how many times do you think on your two trips did you hear the phrase, where's your motor? Or you should get a motor. Oh, <laughs> so, so many. That's like the number one thing that non-paddlers say. Like every time Tracy and I are out paddling, it's like, boy, yeah. that sure looks hard. You should get a motor. It's like, Yourself in those 
conditions mm-hmm. and situations like oh because i don't know any better like, uh, what am i going to go to the mall or go to the movies no i'm yeah this is what i do not a question of uh should i be here no this is where i need to be like, i don't care yeah. but you but if you're on the water you're going to miss that game of thrones rerun thank you right i've never <laughs> seen i don't even know what the cover of the looks like we're haters haters gonna hate 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 yeah <laughs> no, so do you think you'll ever um do you think you'll make the northern section or the southern section either or both of you guys do you ever think you'll do mississippi to miami or new york to uh the mountain the, the head of the mississippi you ever think you'll or is that even on the radar or is it something you consider or is it just kind of whatever <laughs> It'd be cool to do the Great Lakes. I would like to paddle the Great Lakes at some point. Um, yeah. I would also still like to do the yeah, only only one. I don't want to never want to wear a dry suit. Um, <laughs> um, that's not true. But um, only if I'm consciously going into it, knowing that I will be wearing a dry suit for the duration of time I'll be wearing a dry suit. Um, but I would like to, and this is something that we talked about doing at one point but just yeah. the gulf coast oh yeah so, for one but like the whole yeah doing the whole, whole thing like but I have to get enough time off to do that from, yeah like from the yucatan around to florida or just the states part yeah. of it yeah whole thing. Well, just the whole thing yeah yeah, yeah. Andy, we thought about the whole thing wow um, you ever th- think about any northern things like the mackenzie river or the yukon or any of those big like 1,500 to 2,000 mile rivers up there. I want to do the Northwest Passage. Really? Isn't there some guy that's going to try that this year? Yeah, Carl. Uh, you should talk to him. He's awesome. Is he really? What's his yeah. name again? Carl Kruger. He did Carl. the race in Alaska. Yep. He was the only sub guy to finish, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I heard he was going to try to do the Northern Passage. There's a there's a um, there's a movie. I think it's called Small Red Dot. It's about this guy who kind of same thing you guys did, but he bought this little shitty twenty foot sailboat, and he's like, I'm going to sail the Northern Passage. And all these like hard mariners were just like, You're going to die. And the guy just went for it, and he made it. He was the first person in modern times or ever, I think. But it's a great it's a great video. If you ever get a chance to see it, I think it's called One Red Dot or Small Red Dot or something. It was the same approach. It was just like, like they showed it up on the, on Martha's Vineyard, uh, and there was all these old hard boat guys, and they were all just shaking their heads. Like they went up to him afterwards, like, "Dude, you're out of your mind! Like that's amazing." Yeah. <laughs> but it's the same kind of thing of just that spirit of adventure, right? And and I think you guys have the right approach of just go for it. You know, figure it out as you go. Obviously, there are certain things you should investigate prior to leaving that will oh, save your life, but at the end of the day, you know, all the books and GPSs and satellites and all this other stuff. It's like you said, the first, your first day, you had it all plotted out in 20 mile increments and the first day it went south. So everything was improvised from there on. So why bother planning that much in advance anyway? No, it's, it's not, I don't I think preparation is not the same as planning though. Like you have to be, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if it doesn't have to be like, a, you know, it doesn't have to be a two week, four month, thing like your adventure could be just going out to the coast and like camping for two days and surfing and whatever and it and it's uh like somebody asked 
I can't remember who it was. Like somebody asked Lou, how long does it take you to get into this like survival mode? Yeah. Oh yeah, there. Um, and you know, for some people, like I, I don't need to be out in the wild for eight weeks to right. get into like solo survival mode. Like I can go in my own shorter day trip adventure. I can, I, I'm, I'm totally out there. Like it's not. Yeah. It doesn't take me long to get into that mode, but because of the lifestyle that I live, also like I'm always outside. I'm, yeah. I, you know, I was I was born rowing basically. Like I'm always I've been always connected to the outdoors somehow. So it doesn't. I feel very uncomfortable when I'm not in the outdoors. For, yeah, if I'm if I'm office home office home for three days in a row, I go a little crazy. If I don't wash the water, you know, not because going under the Golden Gate Bridge is scary. Like every yeah. single time, there's not a day when I go under the Golden Gate Bridge and I'm like, oh yeah, sure, this, this is cake. Like, yeah. you know, the, just the, just by the water being cold, that's something that I worry about because I freaking hate cold water. But I'm in the Bay Area, so that's yeah, something that. I you know so just going under the golden gate like being scared once a day like that's all i need to yeah. get into like it's it, it's i think it's more about connecting to yourself and not being so aware of everything else around you right that's that's kind of what sets the adventure totally it doesn't have to be you don't have to be fully prepared or plan you know, a four month long thing. If you right. just just gotta find a way to a shortcut, you know, just yeah. find a shortcut to be more connected to the things that matter to you. Well, right. even when I, when I did the Mississippi, and I learned a lot, and like I said, from the coast, and that when I was plotting out my courses and stuff like that, I didn't like I had my mile markers, but I didn't. To like, okay, I'm gonna get here this day. This I knew my general waypoints, but like, all I looked at were like emergency stop points. I looked for outfitters and like harbor stuff like that. But aside from that, I didn't like. I very much went day by day because I knew it was never gonna, or very rarely, work out the way that I thought it was going to. So, mm -hmm. um, I knew I was gonna have to play it by ear like that. So, I did. I just I had all the materials that I would need to make those decisions along the way but you know you can't be super heavy in it like you have to have like this willingness flexible and just go with it and just be in the adventure which i like i don't i could never do i had a general deadline that i wanted to meet because i knew i wanted to finish that with jewels but um I, I I don't think I could ever do. I mean, I say that, but then I would probably That's do it. That's why it's like the option. Yeah, totally. But it's because like you didn't know. When you were yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like okay, well, it's like I have to use like the trips. It's like okay, I have to get here by this time. Like I have to get here by this time. It's like like that's that's not kind of my mentality for it. You know, cause it's about going out there. It's about being out there. And, like everyone asks about like oh the fundraisers and, and stuff like that along the way and it's like yeah it's for that but it's also largely selfish like I wouldn't not do the trip if I wasn't fundraising you know it's right and so what were you raising like, what were you raising funds for 
Uh, well, on the yeah, for the Mississippi, I did Rivers for Change, and then on the coast, we did Mission Blue and First Ascent. So, but the decision to fundraise and make it into this, you know, larger thing outside of us came after the decision to do the trip. Right, right. Which I think is the uh, kind of opposite for what some people do, where they're like, "Well, I'm gonna do this for this cause." Right. Uh, you know, which mm-hmm. yeah, we did trips, we do trips for yeah. us, and then I mean, we take so much from the community when we do these things. Like, you can never be truly out there alone. There's so many mm-hmm. people supporting you right. along the way. It's it was sort of a way to make it a little more meaningful to people that weren't really paddling and just making it more about giving back Mm -hmm. because we were taking so much you know so just make it and then you can also sort of participate like i like the whole community building thing and when you're paddling alone if you it just feels good to know that People are encouraging you and they're following you. They want to know if you're, if you're okay, if you need anything. Mm-hmm. And they can also be participative by, I just made up that word. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, they can also be part of your trip because, you know, some people can't take time off. Yeah. You know, they have kids, they have school, they have jobs. They, you know, they, they love, I love following other people's adventures. Like that dude, the six dudes that just went across the passage to Antarctica. Like that was amazing to follow. It was just, or Carl, when Carl was about to do the Northwest Passage, like I was texting him like the whole time, like, are you there yet? What's going on? What's happening? Like, it's so fun to follow other people's adventures. Yeah. And when you can put your money down and support whatever they're doing, it makes yeah. it even more connected. Ooh. What was the six guys on the Antarctic Passage? I didn't hear about that either, man. I'm way out of the loop. They went, um, uh, six, uh, they rode, yeah. Yeah, Colin O'Brady, who's the guy that rode the impossible first, he does all these crazy things. He walked across, uh, he's the guy that walked it from Antarctica solo. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no way. They rode across. They're the first people to row across the Drake's Passage. And they did it in like something crazy, like 16 days. They were planning for 20 something and they finished in super way less than we And it's just so amazing. Like, I love following all these things. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it is incredible. And it just motivates you to kind of raise your own bar, right? Yep, I have a friend who's going to row across the Pacific from Monterey Bay to Hawaii. And what's what's so he going to paddle? He, so he got in touch with Hobie, and Hobie is going to make him a, you know the Hobie pedal? The Mirage. So yeah. He's going to kayak and have the Hobie pedals system in this kayak that he's having built for the crossing. He rode across a couple of years ago in a, what's the name of this race that they do every two years or so, a year? The one across the Atlantic? No, across the Hawaii. They go from Monterey Bay to Hawaii. It's a race. They do it every year. And they have, they set the record for like 42 days or something crazy like that. So now he wants to do it solo and he's leaving 
Uh, he's saving for May 31st. He's going to go from Monterey Bay. have to watch out for that. I know. And he's the most amazing, like, he reminds me a little bit of Mike Simpson in a, in a funny way. He's, um, I asked him one time, what was your, like, how do you get over your walls? Like, you know, when you're out there and the weather sucks and you're tired and you're in pain, like, where, where do you go in your head to get out of your head? And he was like, I didn't have any bad days. I'm like, shut up. What? No, oh, he literally said he would crawl into the the little bunker thing on the rowing boat and would rock on to Celine Dion uh, and every uh, 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 What? That is amazing. <laughs> where where do you guys go on on your bad days? I just know that it'll end at some point. And you just <laughs> just suck it up and get to the end. All you gotta do is finish the day. That's like my mantra for any bad day. Just it's like just get it. It will end. It's like it's a few hours. It's one day. In the scheme of things, it's like it'll be done. And then you have a couple of hot chocolate at the end of the day, and everything's better. I do like a like a body scan. Because if I like if I I need to be aware, I need to be conscious of the fact that my body's still working, and that I will make it to the end of the day. So I like I start on my toes. Like I can move my toes, my knees are fine. Like you go through your body, and if there are no injuries, then you need to get out of your head because you can still do this. Yeah. So if I'm fine, if I'm just scared or worried, then you can put that aside if your body's still working. Like if I'm still breathing, if my heart's still pumping, and I need I need to go. Yeah, one thing that we talked about with Jeremy Vane. Um, what is just about having a sense of gra- gratitude when things are going south and being thankful for everything that's going right. And so, uh, yeah, just being thankful that, you know, we're able to do these things on the water and, you know, we can, we can walk, we can see, we can breathe, we can, you know, experience a sunny day, like just all these little things that we can be grateful for that when you pile them up, it's like, oh, I'm having a really good day. Like, right. This isn't a bad yeah. day. This is a really good day. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, totally. I mean, and if you're still capable of going, it's like just all you have to do is not stop. It's like all you have to do is just keep paddling, just one more stroke, one more step, one more ever. It's like just keep going and you'll make it. Yeah. Or, or stop. Yeah. <laughs> 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 You can either keep going or you can stop. Just having that option. Like if you can stop and you choose to keep going, then it reinforces the fact that you're fine because you're not stopping. Because you if you like, you know, we've all done China checks, so this is something that we can all relate to. I mean Yeah. yeah. But you know, you have those Exit points where if your if your life sucks, you can Which always you can always bail. Yeah. You know, you can always bail, and then you go through the bailing point and you just keep going. You're like, okay, I'm either really stupid or I'm not having such a bad time right now. You know, because you're you keep going. But, yeah. on those, but on those big crossings, like you were just mentioning with your friend there, there's no there's no eject button. That's not super expensive, right? Like the yeah. guy that's, that's kayaking from 
Monterey to Hawaii, there's no real step off spot there, you know? No, 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 but you can start drifting and just, you know, yeah. I just started reading. Have you guys read that um, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl? Have you ever read that? Yes. No. Yeah, it's it's so heavy. But there's some things in there like in, uh, he was talking about one of the things that got him through was like envisioning his wife and how much he loved her. But I think that could be translated to like, you know, everybody says I go to my happy place. Yeah, his, exactly. Yeah, the, the line in the book is, in, an, in a position of utter desolation when man cannot express himself in positive action, when his only achievement may consist of enduring his sufferings in the right way, in such a position, man can, through loving contemplation of the images he carries of his beloved, achieve fulfillment. So you could take that beloved part and just call it, I'm thinking of my dog, or I'm thinking of like a box of Twinkies or whatever, right? It's just, you, you yeah. gotta just step out of that horrible shit place you're in and, and focus on something good and that'll carry you through. So similar to the gratitude. Totally, totally. Yeah. Just think about what, you know, yeah. Yeah. Love is a powerful thing. What is? Love is a powerful thing. Yeah, it is, it is. <laughs> So are you still doing those trips in Baja? Yeah, I'm going what, in April. Yeah, what is that? You just guide down there for a sea streak or something? Uh, yeah, for Sea Trek. Yep. Sea Trek, yeah. Yeah, so Sea Trek has a full, full winter spring program, and I get to be kind of hostess of a trip in April. Yeah, I'm thinking about Pat. I want to spend more time in Baja. I think it's. It's insane. Oh my God, it's such a magical place. It it's is. ridiculous. Yeah, I want to spend more time down there. Yeah. Will and I have talked about, not very formally, but like I think I mentioned to you, getting a hold of a sailing outrigger yeah. and doing San Felipe to Cabo, which would be, that's been one of my bucket list items for most of my adult life. So I guess I better start making it happen. Yeah, man. That would be yeah. awesome. No, it'd be so great. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Have to find the time. Yeah. And the canoe. Yeah. The canoe. <laughs> yeah. Find the canoe and make the time. Yeah, exactly. Time is something that can always be made. Yeah. Cool. And what's yeah. next for you guys? What's mm -hmm. that? What is next for you guys? Well, obviously, you're going to Baja. Today. Yeah. Well, that's a trip for work. Work trip, okay. Outside of work, I'm trying what? to, I'm trying to um, like spend more time on the ocean, like on the Pacific. The Pacific has a a lot to teach me yet. <laughs> I've, been do, I've been doing downwinds on the surf ski, and I'm really enjoying that. Um, but there's there's a certain level of um, scariness that I still yet have to conquer because when it gets really big and really windy and it's you know it's cold it's um I chicken out so but I'm slowly getting there like slowly slowly being a little more comfortable on those big waves and big wind and on my surfing which is not the most stable but that's, that's my goal this year did you do child jack on surf ski this year? No, I did it on a sea kayak this year. Oh. Uh, 
Are you getting, are you kind of, is, are you leaning more towards the surf ski these days? Or is that kind of like you're trying to yeah. master that one? On the ocean, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more fun. It's it's so well, I, I, have, I have more fun on the surf ski than on the uh, downwinds. Oh my God. It's so much more fun. Yeah, I bet. I actually haven't been on a surf ski yet. I should. You would kick ass. You should definitely try a surf ski. There's plenty out here, so. Yeah, man. And the water is warm. I know. So nice. Yeah. What about you? What's up with you? Um, who knows? Um, I I need to. (laughs) solidified with my immediate future and as far as like where I'm going to be living um as far as if I'm going to stay east or go west that's my big decision but I mean aside from that I don't I don't I don't know it's like I mean that's the question right you you do these trips and you finish one and you know then then what I mean I know I want to do more like there are a few times where I'm happier than you know doing stuff like, you know, the adventures and, you know, because life is so simple and beautiful while you're out there um, and, and hard, but, you know, and it's always so sad to come back, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Who, I mean, just, you know, there's things I want to do, just none of them have jumped out. It's like, me first, you know. <laughs> finding, yeah. a home, finding a home first, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's the immediate, yeah. So, home. Where are you living now? Where are you living now? Uh, I'm I'm here in Manhattan. I'm up with much tonight. Got it. Got it. Cool. There's an active campaign. What when you said going west? Is there is there an idea of what west is? Yeah, the Bay Area. Marin County, to be more specific. Yeah. <laughs> Can you have you ever thought about you know when you come across the Richmond Bridge from Berkeley and there's that little island off the off to the left there? Do you ever think about? Does anybody ever go out and camp on those things? Can you camp on Angel Island? Yeah, you can. Uh, you can camp on Angel, but the one that you're talking about is Red Rock. Oh yeah. Yeah. I always wanted to camp on that thing. People do it, huh? Uh huh. Yep. It belongs wow. to no one. It belongs to the federal government in Marin County and um, the East Coast, the East Coast, the East Bay. Mm-hmm. Like it, like too many people have jurisdiction over that island, so nobody, nobody wants to claim it fully. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so there, I heard stories of there being a mine up there. So if you climb up, there's like a little door, and they mined it for something. Was a, a weed plantation on the on top of Red Rock at some point. Um, all kinds of crazy things happen on Red Rock. Wow. Yeah, I have found it a million times, wow. but I never got off whatever I was battling. So when you say you're doing your downwinders, are you doing like from the from the gate to Berkeley, or are you doing them out of the, or the ocean? Uh, I I've done both. I can do I can do downwinds. From the gate home, because I live in Richardson Bay, oh, and yeah. I've done I've done longer downwinds on the ocean to um like towards Santa Cruz. Oh wow! I want to go to Mavericks more. That would be fun. <laughs> it's That's just 
a huge <laughs> playground. It yeah, it's so spooky crazy. out there. It is spooky. <laughs> I kayaked yeah. out there once around the rocks and just looking down into that water and the kelp, you're just like, mm. Yeah, man, it's so, yeah, it's a little scary, but yeah. also, I mean, I I have a lot of paddling friends that are more comfortable in bigger conditions than I am, so I'm, I am I find comfort in the, you know, if they can do it, I can do it too. I yeah, just yeah, yeah. I need to put time in, and I'll be able to do it. You know? Yeah, it's a good yeah. attitude. Just like anything else, gotta put the time in. Surfing in Bolinas or Stinson or Pacifica? Bolinas. <laughs> Off to the right there, that little reef? It depends. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. But I take, I take everything to Bolinas. I have a prone board, the surf ski, my race board. I mean, Bolinas is perfect for the race yeah. board. I have yeah. a surf sub. Sometimes I rent a foamy if I don't want to bring anything. That's cool. It's so fun. It's really fun. Yeah, there's a cool little scene there. Yeah, it is. It's really fun. I haven't been there in a while, but... Well, cool. Yeah. We're looking at, what, about an hour, hour 20 in or something? Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Ish. Ish. <laughs> um, well, this, is, this has been awesome to catch up with you ladies and yeah. kind of hear about your adventures. and. Yeah. Um, Swap stories. Thank you. Thank you so much for for joining us and taking the time and sitting in the cold and in Manhattan <laughs> outside <laughs> while uh, while while you chat and uh, yeah, good luck to to you guys and whatever is coming next. I'm sure once you know what's next, you will know it and it'll come <laughs> to you and, and then you just go. Exactly. Let's go. Yeah. So, and if you guys want to uh, order up some belts to go with those buckles this year, we're we're gonna look into getting some custom Chad Jack belts made. So let's talk. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be such Thank a fun year. It's, gonna be, it's awesome. gonna be awesome. We're gonna try to have a big party for Tracy's fiftieth, so we'll have to all yeah. organize ahead of time and uh, yeah. Just we're gonna try to get there a couple days early and just be belligerent before you got to clean up for the race, you know, not super belligerent, but just, you know, eat things and have fun. Yeah. There's a, there's a really cool concert venue an hour away. It's called the caverns. It's literally just a cave with amazing acoustics that they have. Oh, no, concerts no. In, and I really want to go this year. For we've, been trying, we've been trying to, to go, but they always have concerts Fridays and Saturdays. I mean, uh, the other ones are sold out already. It's so kind of like, hard to plan ahead for this year. Maybe uh, we can make it. Yeah. Yeah. So Maybe much fun stuff to do there. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's going to be fun. Yeah. If anybody has a canoe to offer a rent for Chattajay, I need an OC one. <laughs> okay. Just putting it out there. It's the OC1 here. How, many, how many different categories have you podiumed in there? Like five? No, four, four years? 
This is gonna be five. Five different categories, five different trophies. That's pretty amazing, yeah. man. You seem to make whatever you paddle go fast. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying. I'm really trying. This is gonna be a test. This is gonna be the real challenge because the paddle boards and the sea kayak and the surf ski, they're my thing. Yeah. But the OC is gonna definitely be a challenge. And the yeah. pros, I don't even know. I'm gonna take it. The brown keeps getting pushed back and further back and further back. It didn't even make it in the first five. Now it's just here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. I'm pretty sure you'll be able to find a canoe. I hope so. The paddle out there. Yeah. We'll, we'll try and make that happen. Really excited. Mm -hmm. so. well, thank you guys. Yeah, thank you yeah, guys ladies. so much. Thank yeah, you so thank much. you guys for taking time out of your day to talk with us. Yeah, great yeah. to talk to you and see you. Yeah, for sure. And if we don't see you before Chatter Jack, we'll see you then. And where can where can people follow you guys and your adventures? Facebook and Instagram. Um, under our respective names. Yeah. <laughs> Jules, yours is Moments of Jules and or Moments yeah. of Jules. And then and Control Fit NYC, which I need to change. It was like my business CTR. pronoun, like the button on a keyboard. So yeah. CTR LFIT NYC. Okay. All right. Awesome. Cool. Perfect. The Atlantic Super Girls. <laughs> All right. All right, Thanks you guys. guys. Thanks for chatting. Guys, thank you so much for joining us. We have more great stuff coming, so keep checking back or make it easier and subscribe. If you haven't already, share it with your friends, whether they paddle or not. If you want to see some pretty pictures, we are also on Instagram at wicked.aloha.podcast. Until next time, keep moving forward.